Hello? Hello. Y'all hear me? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. (laughs) Bro, you know, I... I had I don't know why I had it in my mind that this was at um at seven thirty and I, and I'm like looking at my watch I'm like I got time and then this guy texts me he's like yeah we on I'm like oh snap <laughs> oh man you I'm sorry the about that clearest microphone known to man right let me now, tell you something yo, you got I, throw my shit in the garbage I know I just had to turn my my, my headset Y'all, down I mean just get like a like a high level overview of exactly where this conversation is gonna go so we can like parlay into it yeah um. It's turned into like a whole life-consuming. I need therapy issue. Like mm. my first day is Friday <laughs> for therapy, and What's um, up, bro? but um, me, man. no, Sorry. man, it's it's a it's a big deal. Especially, I mean, I guess we're all people of color, mm. <laughs> but POCs and therapy is oil and water for you know, depending on the family. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah you know, yes, it's, yeah, it's it's turned into one of those situations, and um, uh. Yeah, basically, like, I grew up in the church. Um, I found my dream job working at a mega church. Worked there for five years, and got fired because of Black Lives Matter um, political leanings and things like that. All right, all right, wait, wait, um, don't, don't say. Yeah, it gets it gets so yeah. tasty. The story. <laughs> I'm looking at Reg like <laughs> I can't wait. Like I'm, they tell you wait for good reason, but I'm just like, yo, spill that tea, man. <laughs> Hey, what's up? It's Peter Rosenberg, uh, ESPN, WWE, Hot 97, all that stuff. I'm live from New York City right now. I'm hanging with Bear the Dog. and You're not listening to the worst podcast, but at the same time, it's not the best podcast. No, no, literally, you're listening to not the best podcast. All right? Talking about real life issues, real life things, real talk, real people. All right? Not the best podcast. I'm Peter Rosenberg. Peace. Welcome to the podcast. It's not the best podcast, but the expectations in the name, so you can't say we didn't warn you. Alongside Naldo, alongside Ridge, it's me, the D.I.C. Yo, you making the three letters of my name sound so dope. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to call me down the street now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they already do. Every time I see people, Ray. anytime I see anybody from college, it's like, oh, how's Ray? <laughs> That's how they always say it. How's Ray? You know, I was going to ask, I'm sure like the, the listeners know at this point, but like, what's DIZ? Okay, so hold on, first of all. We got a guest, though. We didn't even introduce you yet. <laughs> Just asking questions. Random voice. my God, people. Just hey. know that Deuce is a lot like Diddy, where he changes his names when it comes to like his period of life. Yep. Even calling him Deuce is like, okay, he goes by another name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Deuce, then it's Diz, and then it was The Diz, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he goes to Dizzle. The then it was Snoop Lion at one point. <laughs> right, right, right. And it was The Dizzle at one point. Yeah, for real. All for right, sure. guys. So as you already heard, we have a special guest. Uh, well, this episode of the podcast, Mr. Carlos Fernandez. Welcome, Carlos. Welcome to the show, Welcome to the madness. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, so Deuce became, you know, Dizzle as a short for Deuce, which shortened his D-I-Z. And it was like a play on the DOC. All right. <laughs> I'm not cool no, enough for nicknames. I never had no one, no one calls him this. Me neither. I'm just Naldo. 
Oh man, whatever, yo. Oh, well, my middle name is Ariel, like the mermaid. So like that was a thing. <laughs> and Dominicans do this thing where like they'll have like by the way, I'm I'm Dominican immigrant, first generation. Um the um Dominicans do this thing where they'll have like twelve kids, right? Because of Catholicism. <laughs> and um and then all twelve will have the same name, regardless of gender. It'll be like everybody's name Maria. You're Luis Maria, Jose Maria, Hidalgo Maria, whatever Maria. And because there was like names that were like overlapping up for obvious reasons, a lot of the people, a lot of the uh, families got used to calling their kids by their middle name. And there's some families that still consider the middle name to be your main name. So I, in my family, I'm Ariel. Everywhere I go, I'm Ariel. Growing up in church, which I guess will be a great um, segue. Um, what is Ariel? Um, it's just like but, that uh, right across the border there in Haiti. Like yeah. Said, yeah, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Marie, such and such last day. Marie, oh, yeah, you're uh, Haitian. Bro, you know, this, that, no, they're both Haitian. Yeah, oh, you're, no, oh there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, in, in Jamaica, we just give you a whole other name that has have nothing to do with your name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it is. <laughs> like, Shut it up, is. Like it is. Yeah. Like I didn't realize be, we, we're all Caribbeans here. Yeah. So your name could be Suzette, and they just call you Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. like people, and then they don't know until you die, and it's on your death stone. <laughs> people still learn your name like oh her name was yeah. suzette name i called her trudy all my life or, or, or carpenter yeah or, or carpenter <laughs> depending on the trade that you work that's your yeah. name so, that mean. too yeah depending on the trade you work that's your name carpenter dead carpenter dead lord carpenter dead <laughs> yeah that's how that's how that works yeah man. so yeah, um so, sh- should i get into it yeah, I mean, so, you know, this this is a very special episode. We've talked in the past about, you know, religion and I guess our own experiences with religion. You know, myself being, my mom being Seventh-day Adventist, my stepdad being, you know, Pentecostal, and then my father being Muslim. Like, religion has just been all, all over the place for me um, to, until I got to the point where, like, I just couldn't really subscribe to one. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure, you know, Naldo and Reg, you guys had, you know, your own feelings on religion as well. But, you know, having you, Carlos, on, since we've met, like you've very been very involved, not only in your religion and faith, but working in the church. So mm-hmm. uh, I know you've had some experiences with that that you want to share today. So um, I'm interested to know, you know, I'll just let you kick it off because I think that, you know, you have an interesting story. So this mm-hmm. story, this story, the, the climax is the pandemic. So I'll, I'm, I'll get to that part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, so we're very What I consider to be sure. is the, the, the largest um, collective um, uh, uh, protest in our country, I think was 2020, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. It's like the, the, the most protesting by the most people in the, in the, the most consecutive days. Most amount yeah. Of days. Yeah. Like it was like more people protested in 2020 than I think the entire civil rights movement combined. If I think I read that somewhere, I could be wrong. Somebody fact check me. Um, but I actually, yeah, (laughs) we're just like Joe Rogan, we just say stuff. Whatever you want it to be, it is. It's not the best, it's not the best. It's not the best. One thing I want to ask is, like, what are your um, your religious um, positions? Because it, oh, I just got lunch. Hand it to me. Look at this. I got grapes. I got grilled cheese. He would like Dominican having lunch at seven. It's still DRP. Yeah, I got the lunch for the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, like, where are you? Where do you guys stand um, religiously? Like, because I it'll affect like the the way I talk about it. Um, I I don't have any stance of religion. I mean, just like Jamal, you know, like I I grew up in a, a 
Catholic household okay on my dad's side but then my my dad was muslim um so whenever my dad practiced islam and then my mom was baptist okay um, how about your side of family was baptist grew up catholic um right now i'm christian you know that's what my stance is uh, i believe in jesus christ and that's that's pretty much it man. do you attend church regularly Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I think Brent's and, probably the only one of us that really does. I'm, I'm actually agnostic, so. Okay, yeah, I figured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I grew up um, very Protestant, very um, Pentecostal. Um, my family, we actually, um, my mom was part of like the founding group of, like the, like the first dozen members of a new church that started in DR. And it grew and grew. And it was, there was a big like, movement in the late 70s um, for Pentecostalism in general, where um, uh, a lot of Catholics were converting from Catholicism into Protestantism um, with the, the big charismatic movement. Um, to this day, they're still like charismatic Catholics. It's a Catholics that do like the slain in the spirit stuff, you know, like the speaking in tongues and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, so my, my family came out of the, the charismatic movement into Pentecostalism started a church in DR. It grew and grew, and then it spread all over Latin America. I think the, the one of the if not, I think the first location was actually in Jersey City. Like somebody moved up here and started a church, and then they started one back at home in DR, and then somebody moved to Mexico. They're all over the place. So there's mm-hmm. uh, Mexico, Ecuador, Spain, DR. Um, uh, where else? Everywhere. And it's like thousands of <laughs> yeah. thousands of people. And a lot of the, the pastors initially were cousins of mine. They were people that, that came from the same um, family, you know, collection of families. So I have like second cousins that are like pastors in Spain. I got uncles that are pastors in DR and they're all over the place. And I was born into that. Like this was all happening like when my mom and my dad were like dating. And um, uh, so I grew up in the church. I, I never really knew any other version of faith. Um, I attended the same church for the first 28 years of my life in Jersey City, and um, the pastor was my cousin, <laughs> and um, all of like the worship team and like the deacons and a lot of people were either related to me or people that I've known since literally before I was born. Like I, there's people that oh I used to carry as a baby, you know, and so church and family were like kind of the same thing for me. Um, I remember the and this this. My last name is Fernandez, and the pastor's name was also Fernandez. But it was for we were, he's my cousin on my mom's side, so there was no there was no no relation in her last names, but I was a Fernandez, <laughs> so like all the Fernandezes and like were like the pastors and stuff, and like I remember seeing my name on the door coming in, um, and and it's like that that does something to you as a kid, like Fernandez, whatever the pastor. I remember um, there was this thing where the sometimes would, people would speak almost on behalf of the Holy Spirit and say like. God is saying to this to you right now. And they would say it in first person. And I remember seeing the pastor, um, a person last name Fernandez, speaking in first person in the voice of God. I'm like, so are we gods? <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is how where my mind went when I was like yeah. five, you know, yeah. like kindergarten. Um, and my mom explains to me, no, that's not what's happening. But um, um, it, I'm just, I'm painting a picture so you get an idea of just how connected to the, to the church and my faith. Yeah. Yeah. They're really intertwined. Um, and eventually like a lot of other people that are in my community, we got really involved in the church on like a, a, a volunteer basis. Like we don't just attend here. We're, we're part of like building this church and, and growing this church. And, um, you know, they started like a youth ministry and then, you know, 
um, they had like the kids ministry and I was involved in like people's baptisms and funerals and weddings. And I was behind the scenes and everything. Um, I remember spending so much time in church that I would just sleep there. <laughs> I would mm -hmm. be like uh, working on some flyers or some event or something. And we were just there all night and all my friends, my cousins, everybody, they're all the same people. So we would just be hanging out. It would get to like two o'clock in the morning. I was like, whatever, we'll just sleep under a desk somewhere in mm -hmm. the office. Mm -hmm and then be at church in the morning you know, the next day. And um, so I was at church. I remember Sunday mornings, back in the day when I was a kid, we used to have like crazy long <laughs> Sundays. It'd be like mm -hmm. three services and, mm -hmm. and then the shouting and the music would go, it would extend and whatever. So we were there all day. And then we'd, we'd have like small group at our homes, like Bible study in our homes, Tuesday nights. I would have um, like church service, like midweek service. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it was for, but it was like a midweek service on like Wednesday night, then some kind of event, youth thing, whatever on a Saturday. Like I was there like every other day. I didn't have like school friends. I never had school friends over because we were raised being told that they're mundanos. They are worldly people and we are not of this mm -hmm. world. We were um, spiritual people and non-Christians are, are just um, bags of, of bones and meat. Um, we would we would literally say that per that person's living in the flesh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you know, saying this stuff now, it, where I am spiritually, it just feels so like alienating. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of my and, and it didn't matter because all my friends and family and everybody I knew was at church anyway. So mm -hmm. I was in my bubble, and that's how I grew up. Um, and first, um, I remember like we were really socially conservative, but like. The, what's the other hat? Was it fiscally, economically, like liberal? Like everybody was all immigrants. So we loved welfare. We loved Medicaid, you know? Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people were or were living in ways that they, the only way we could survive was, was mm -hmm. food, food stamps. And I remember praying for immigrants, like illegal, undocumented, I'm saying illegal, undocumented immigrants. We, they'd come up to the front, we pray for them. We're essentially praying for them to get away with it. Like that's this is the kind of church I grew up in, you know, um, and like I half of my friends were undocumented people. So like um, whenever like growing up, when I would see like um, conservatives be like anti anti uh, Medicare for all anti um, immigration anti whatever, it just felt so backwards to me. It's like, but aren't you a Christian? Like, yeah. yes, yeah. we hate gay people. But do we have to hate the immigrants too? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Um, but at the same time, we were socially conservative. So, like, mm -hmm. I remember marching in an anti uh, same sex marriage thing. And, like, my little brother holding up a sign that said, like, marriages is um, Adam and Steve, the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and over the years, um, like, I never really thought about my, my place on the political spectrum. You know, like, when I'd have conversations with people, they were very like biblically based and you know when caitlin jenner came out i was like that's the devil you know mm -hmm. like i had the the christian viewpoint of 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 most um issues mm -hmm. um including same-sex marriage including any, anything um i'd have like the christian perspective because that's what i was raised with and i never really thought about it and and didn't know that there was a disparity between like the the left and the right in, in my mind until donald trump came out and did, started doing his thing so, well, you know, yeah. just, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's yeah. very interesting because I think that we all kind of grew up with the same 
concepts, conservative socially, because I'm sure we all grew up like gay people. No, like mm-hmm. that's not the way it is, even from a, a biblical perspective, I guess, because that's what it's all rooted in same sex marriage or same sex relationships were the devil. So I think, I mean, all, all four of us probably grew up that way. Negative, um, not me. So you didn't? No, no. I mean, you know, you grow Catholic, you know, but that's the church, but in the house, it's like, you just accept everybody for who they are. It was, we wasn't calling nobody, you know, devil or whatever, what have you. And, you know, that part, it was just like, you know, just accept everybody. You, uh, golden rule, treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Type. I can say that for me too. I, I don't think we actually like, it was never spoken about, but you know, obviously there was a way that that was right and what was wrong. But it was never like, oh, these people are like weird um, or anything. Yeah, like I, that. I would I would say the same thing about myself. Like, we, yes, we did march, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, you did openly yeah. protest against it. <laughs> but it, it, you know, thinking about it now, it was so like um, a cognitive dissonance. Like we yeah. were so loving yeah. towards anybody we came across and we sure. wouldn't judge them. We wouldn't, but we would turn around and say, but you know, if you come into the church, you can't be in leadership. You can't volunteer in these areas. Mm. You can't work with kids. Mm. You can't whatever. Um, and also you can't marry your boyfriend. Um, you know, and I don't, I, I never said we hate it. I, I, we never said, said anybody, I hate you or, mm-hmm. you know, um, F words go to hell. You know, we didn't, right, we right. weren't Westboro Baptist. <laughs> um, but it was almost like that cognitive dissonance. Like we uh, occasionally we'd have like congregants that would come and and they, you would see them struggle with their faith. It's like I'm everyone's so cool here. They're, everyone's so nice, but like at the same time, I can't live my life. Um, yeah. You know that, that that like that. And this is just one of the many issues that that we. I, I just brought up um, uh, right. same sex right. stuff because it's it's a it's a common one. But um, yeah. there was a lot of issues like that. Um, uh, I, mean, like, I, grew up, I grew up Republican, dude. So I, 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 yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's a different, definitely a weird type of Republican, right? Because just like you said, you, you go through life knowing that, like, I had a document to people in my family too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, there's you know these parallels that you have, like just being conservative in general. And there's the basket of things that come with being conservative, and then you know the things that come with being a minority, being black, being Latino, being whatever. Come with real life. And come with real life, right? <laughs> and so and, it is the, the struggle between those two things. And and you know, also like outside of all of this, I also I'm, I'm Dominican and Dominicans, we I don't know if you know, we invented <laughs> we invented racism. Right? <laughs> People say that the Indians it was a caste system and no 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 Dominicans, yo. Woo. We like we refined it, you know. We took we did it's like Americans didn't invent cinema, but we got Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like Dominicans <laughs> took racism and 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 they made it with what we know it today, right? Because it was and and I mean this literally like Columbus and you know and the whole like the names that we have for people, a lot of like the the stereotypes and all that stuff yeah. was born from DR, bro. Like that's that's us, bro. We we <laughs> <laughs> we're taking, we gotta, we gotta take that credit. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I grew up feeling a certain way about spicy food because that's what black people ate. Dominicans yeah. don't eat spicy. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, um, that's what that's what the Haitians eat, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. We don't eat spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want our hair straightened. Um, black people are a certain way. When 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 Dominicans would would immigrate, they wouldn't want to, to sag their jeans because that's black people. Um, the whole thing, there was like a divide. It's like, mm-hmm. um, there's the Washington Heights Dominican that says, I'm Dominican and those are black people. I'm not black. 
Yeah. Big Papi would say, I'm not black. Like, come yeah, on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Big Papi got some Jean-Baptiste in his uh, yeah, bloodline. So. Exactly. My, my mom's maiden name is Morel, and we we did the history. We looked it up, and it's like, it's a French name. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're Haitian, right? <laughs> and, like, we got Haiti next door. And if you look at the family seal, it's three heads of slaves with ropes around their heads. <laughs> Nice, nice, I'm nice. Like, well, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> We're yes. gonna do a family reunion. Yeah, they were yes. like, "Put a big family seal." I'm like, "You don't want that." Yeah. Uh, I, I might be there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I grew up with that, and so you have like the, the social conservatism mixed with that. You know, I saw my black neighbors as, oh, um, black people, the bootstraps, the bootstraps. You know, it's like black people are where they are because of their culture and we're here because we work hard and they're lazy. And, but, you know, like this, this, this is the the stuff that I was raised with. Um, and, and it's not, it's not necessarily due to the church, but it wasn't like, like we were, we, we grew up Republican basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's, that's how I grew up. That, that was my mentality growing up. I remember telling people like, I'll have nothing against black people, but. You know, I, I have conversations like like that all the time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so here comes to, you know, um, mid mid 2010s. I'm really involved with the church to the point where I was um, I was in college. I went to Berkeley College of Music. I studied music education. And in my mind, I was like, my life is church. I'm going to be a worship leader. That's good. That's going to be my career. That's what I want to do. I want to either be in, in worship music industry or some kind of a creative field. Like I want to be like creative director, like a Christian music label or something like that. Like I thought of that as my dream job. Mm. And I remember getting really involved with the church and being like, um, let's see if I could do this here. And um, I realized that the church I grew up when grew up in was the, the primary demographic was my mom, you know, like um, uh, first generation Hispanic mm. um, Spanish speaking people. And I was like, this ain't my vibe. I got. I have to find something. I thought about moving to the Bible Belt. I remember looking at apartments mm-hmm. and stuff in Georgia, um, Alabama, wherever I could. And I was like, I remember hitting a point and talking to my boss. I was working at, at an office in the city. And he was like, yo, just like look for something here. And I was like, that doesn't exist around here. There's no mega churches in Jersey. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's none of that around here. Um, and I, lo and behold, I found it. And I, I, the first thing I did was like, we, me and my wife, we visited, um, uh, we started attending. I, I left the church I, I grew up in and it was like a really major shock, like for mm. me personally, I remember leaving like, kind of like on bad terms, like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't happy about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember the reason it's so stupid. Like thinking about it now, like my reasoning, <laughs> was, my reasoning was like, I, I want to see um, uh, I want to see this happen at church. And if it's not going to happen at the Dominican church, I got to go to the white one. So um, when I left, um, all of a sudden, all of my friends and family were they stayed there, you know, nobody came with me. So right. I just lost touch with everybody like overnight. Wow. And it was weird. I'm like, yo, but you're my cousin. Like, Your foundation <laughs> at that, right? Like, like we're I, I, together. It's like, well, I, I, I had... <laughs> <laughs> our name is on the door uh, no, <laughs> no but, um, um i i remember being like were we like tight because we saw each other every week at church or was it because we're family or you mm-hmm. know what i mean like yeah. it, it like really affected me 
But I remember got, getting into the, you know, I, I, I was in my late 20s. I was getting into this thing in my head where it's like, you know, F the world. I'm here to pursue this career. And this is this is my life now, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started working at this church. And here comes um, this Dominican guy in a mostly white staff in a church that like um, what they'll say, if you ask them now, like, you know, what's the what's the demographic composition of the church? They'll say it looks like Jersey um because they have locations all over north jersey and i would say it's true but jersey is mostly white so i'm like so it's mostly white like just say that right um and um depending on the they they, at the time they had four locations um depending on the location some of them were like really white (laughs) like like 80 percent white and then there was the one that i attended because it was a little closer to essex county it was a little more diverse so that's where i was at and I, i was leading worship at that location and um I was so ignorant coming into it because I didn't know about like the left versus right in my head. I didn't, I, I, I never voted. I never voted until Trump ran. Um, I didn't think about my policy. I didn't think about any of that stuff. And I, I always thought of like voting as like a drop in a bucket and it's like, you know, what difference am I going to make? And, um, and I disagreed with, but with every candidate, you know, regardless, and I'm not going to vote for the guy that kills babies and I'm not going to vote, you know, it's that's, I was raised a Christian. So that's how we, we thought. And, um, this was the first time. And I think that this is actually true for a lot of people our age where it may be like a political awakening for a lot of people where suddenly Trump came along and was like, yo, not only was he, um, the the can like he was get becoming more and more popular people like yo this is getting a little weird like it's scary like <laughs> is this guy really gonna run like nah, yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, i had and a theory like, on that I literally thought that they only put him up to run to make the other candidates at the time look like human beings right mm. because if you look at like the characters that were running like with him or against him you know for that nomination it's like it's like a a, a, a basket of lunatics right <laughs> and he was like the most loody of the loody tunes yeah so. and i i remember like that was the first time that i i went to i remember i'll never forget this day i went to isidewith.org and it, it's basically like a quiz it asks you like yes. uh, like like a bunch that. of questions and then it like tells you this is the candidate that you most align with and by then i had just like this is like maybe three months after caitlin jenner came out um, same-sex marriage was just legalized that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that a lot, of, like the United States, was starting to look like it was moving in, like more progressive, and right. I kind of was too. Like on my way out of the church, I was like just really thinking about my values and what are things that I care about, whatever. And and I I came to realize like I'm actually left of center, right? Mm-hmm. And then I took that quiz, and they were like. You're a Bernie, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not left of center. In, ter- in terms of, the, of, the, of an American spectrum, I was far left. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I never thought of myself as, as somebody like that. And, you know, I started to really like. Um, dissect. Uh, dissect. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was started like dissecting my, my, my views. And I'm like, yo, like, is this even a choice? Like what? How could anybody be anywhere right of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like, right. and and I thought of it as so silly, you know. And again, thinking back, it's so ignorant. I'm like, um, how could anybody be a Republican? 
<laughs> like how do these people even exist like you know like i thought of people on the right as just being on tv like they're like they live in alabama i have nothing to do with them my neighbors aren't conservative everybody around me is you know is it um doesn't isn't having sex with their sister and you know <laughs> the world is educated we're all democrats right <laughs> obviously this is super wrong super wrong <laughs> for sure oh. jersey voted i think 40 percent trump um, yeah. Which just think about the ratios. What are the, the it only increases the likelihood when you enter the church. So that 40 turns into like a 55, 60 mm -hmm. and even more so if you go yeah. anywhere west or south of, of Hudson County. Yeah. So um, ignorant me was would talk about Bernie Sanders like the logical choice. <laughs> <laughs> like I laugh like, about like, it now. Why for anybody else? I mean, he's 98 <laughs> years old. He could go uh, the distance though. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this at the time it's 2015. He was he wasn't he wasn't 3,000 yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was two, he was 2,990 years old. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, who cares how we're gonna pay for universal health care? Exactly. You know, yeah. I didn't even think about that stuff. And yeah. and, and like um. I was working at this church, and I, and when I was when it, I remember like we we worked at uh the, the location that I was at, they had to like take apart the stage every Sunday, and after after church was over, we'd have to break everything down. I remember putting stuff together, and we would have just like candid conversations, you know, between the staff and like you know volunteers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess somebody overheard something I said. I, I I don't even remember the specifics about it, but a letter was written. And the senior pastor got wind of it and they were like, bro, like, did you know you can't like, do you know where you're working? <laughs> and I was like, what? And um, they were like, this is a write up, you know, like this, you can't do this. And I was like, what did I even say? What did I do? And they told me like, oh, you talked about this candidate and this thing and these policies. And I was like, oh, snap. This is not a safe space. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I thought of it as the people that you're hanging out with, whatever. These aren't congregants. These are people who are like really involved in the church and you usually have more like of a rapport with them. And and um, they're not new believers. You're not going to like scare somebody away with like your beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it's so and, crazy because coming from a dynamic when, you know, you spent most of your life in the church and everybody's essentially your family. And mm -hmm. you feel like you're in a safe space and you can have right. all the conversations that you want with your family. Right. And then going to a new church where you feel like that should still be the same case, mm -hmm. but it's not. Right. It's <laughs> not you, at all. And, and you recognize yeah. and realize that the worst way. Right? I have I never attended a church where it wasn't your default life. You know right. what I mean? Like the people who attended the church were there by choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess I, where right. I came from, they weren't there by choice. No, but um, it's not because fam is sitting around. Yeah, right? and, and also, yeah. like, um, th th this church, they market themselves as being like an attractional church. So, like, a church that isn't trying to be attractional is like, we got our beliefs, we got the Bible, this is it. Like it or not, if you don't like it, go to hell, right? An attractional yeah, church literally. wants people to actually attend, and they're and they they're doing whatever they can to make the church attractive to non-believers and to mm -hmm. to people searching or whatever. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, ice cream. I I have so many examples of that, but like, um, and they were really affected. They are really effective at this. Um, uh, and um, so like these kind of political conversations are too divisive. You can't have them. So I was like, all right, whatever. I got written up. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I grew up with uh, daddy issues, so I have issues with authority to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I was like, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do me. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
it finally, it, we were getting closer to the, to the election. This is like um, fall 2015. So the election was fall 2016, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So during that year, things got more and more heated. And as the world got more, or our, our country got more hyper-politicized, mm-hmm. so, did, so did I, right? Yeah. And things that I never thought about before were suddenly issues that I was talking to people about. And um, social media wasn't safe anymore. Like, I can't, I can't post things. I can't comment on stuff. I can because somebody is going to notice. Going to email the pastor, and and I was going to get written up from your from your church. That you yeah, yeah. Okay. And I did. I got written up a second time. <laughs> <laughs> your social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember oh, the specifics again. I, I, it was Dude. like I I think I I commented on something, and we were going back and forth. And I I tend to be a, a spicy person in terms of how I communicate. So. You know, I can be like condescending and and whatever, and over. I call it over effective mm-hmm. <laughs> at debating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, so I got right up a second time, and I was like, okay, this is this is bad. Um, and it got really quiet for a couple of years. Um, first because I was like, yo, this is my livelihood, like you know, this is my paycheck. Yeah. And second because um, I kind of got like really like um uh, pessimistic and didn't really feel like anything could like we couldn't do anything about this president this guy was getting impeached over and over again and like mm-hmm. it, it, like this it, it is what it is and i was just kind of i i felt like i was just in a place where i just didn't care um and Which then 2020 place to be, yeah it is yeah. um but um you know during this time i also started to get more and more like aware of how the church just works as like a, an organization um you know growing up even though i was really involved um i wasn't in closed door conversations you know i wasn't i was i wasn't on staff staff mm-hmm. so like um you know how like how budgets were managed and stuff wasn't i i would get wind of it cuz again the pastor's my cousin but um you know i wasn't in there like that and there wasn't this thing in the back of my head where I can like get fired if something goes wrong or whatever. Um, but at this church, I was like, yo, <laughs> I, 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 I essentially got to the uh, a place where I was more into like the inner circle part of, of working there. Um, I remember when I started my role was I had, a, I had two part times to make a full time. I was uh, a band leader. It was my title was worship leader, and I was um, um, a video editor. So I would mm-hmm. do like video edits and for you know weekly announcement videos and things like that. And um, and eventually I moved to full time to just art director. I was I I, I have a graphic design background, mm-hmm. and they like they found out they're like yo you could just come do this. And I saw yeah, it as oh stuck the gadget on. on that <laughs> um, but um, I um. Uh, I saw it as an opportunity to get off the stage and hopefully not be a person of influence at the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was a worship leader, um, we would have like a, this event. We had this one event that was, we did it down the shore and there was like 6,000 people there or something. So yeah. like, and I was leading, leading the band and stuff. And, and that's, that's something where as soon as you're doing that, you're essentially on the same platform as the pastor. Mm-hmm. And and I, also I was leading worship at one of the locations, so I, there was already hundreds of people that were seeing me every week, mm-hmm. and no matter what I did, where I went, people knew my name. There's still people that run into me at the grocery store, like "Oh, Carlos," and I'm like, and I I already know they call me Carlos. They're not Carlos. They're not calling me Ariel, so I know mm-hmm. they're from from the from the white church, right. <laughs> and right. um, they recognize me, and I don't know them, so I'm like, okay, that's they're they're a church person, yeah, um, and. 
Um, so I was Carlos. Everybody knows Carlos. And, you know, I was, uh, we, we, we recorded music. We were, you know, platform people. And, and I saw that as like, it, it was affecting me. And I was like, I can't like, I can't have these political views and be up on stage, you know, essentially preaching to people through the music at the same time. And there was like a thing in my mind that I was like, I, I just want to take a role where I'm more behind the scenes. So I took the art director role and I was like, finally, um, I don't have to be an example anymore. I'm just, I, I, I had no more interfacing with, with the congregation and I was just a person on staff. But it, it it didn't end up making a difference. Um, I got written up again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but when I the last time I got written up, the, it was um, in the middle of 2020. So 2020 happened, pandemic hit. Um, the church moved to totally online. Um, and when that happened, I was already like in this weird place with just church in general. And then I saw it as an opportunity, and and now and I didn't have to be there on Sundays anymore because I wasn't leading worship. Um, I was like, I, do I have to go to church? <laughs> like mm. I work here, but do I have to attend? No one will know. We're all online, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I wasn't, I wasn't doing the online thing, and I was still there, you know, frequently because I had to work directly with the pastor for the, for the sermons. So I was there for they would do um, pre-recorded sermons. Dude, this church is so weird, dude. The pastor, he preach, he still preaches from manuscript, like he has like a fifteen-page document on a. Uh, thing with him and he's such a gifted speaker that it sounds like he's not reading but he is <laughs> it's, i've never what? seen a pastor do that you know pastors just kind of like on they're off off the yeah, dome you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he would do a little bit of that but like 90 percent of what he was saying is, is predetermined and That's every word that he crazy. spoke um was um would go through committee so he would write his manuscript he would sit with the committee and i was in this committee because i was the designer for all the all the visuals yeah. And we would break down every single word he said. This joke isn't funny. This thing is too racist. This is blah blah blah. This is sexist. You got to delete what? this. You got to delete that. So that's why I was, this is what I was saying. I was like, I was in this inner circle thing, and like, and I really got an understanding of how the church functions, and you know how they view certain topics or whatever. And and I started to see what I called the one-two punch. Right? They got the 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 left hook and the right jab. The left hook would be like. You know, Jesus was a Middle Eastern man, and you know um, he was uh, a man of the community, and leftist, 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 leftist. And then the right jab was, but we can't kill babies. Now I'm saying, so. mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, there was always like every statement would end up sounding purple. It was neither red nor blue, and like I remember seeing this as like, is this a centrist Jesus? Like, who, what are we preaching, right? Um, and all that time during the pandemic, the only time I, that I ever interfaced with in the church was during these committees, these, these like pre editing phases for the sermons. Mm -hmm. So the only connection I had to the church, it wasn't Sundays. I wasn't attending. It wasn't like small groups at home. Cause nobody was meeting. It wasn't worship. I wasn't in the worship team anymore. It was just this stuff. And so, um, I was, I remember having this conversation and being like, um, are, if Martin Luther King, right, if he was, if, if the 2020 version of Martin Luther King existed right now, would we host him if he was on tour giving speeches? Like, think about the churches during the 60s. Um, what, um, what was going on in our country? There was like, there was a left and a right, just like there is now. 
I imagine there was big churches that didn't want to lose half their congregation. And they probably avoided some topics and were like, we're not going to talk about this because Jim, half the church is pro Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. So I don't want half the church walking out. So I'm going to do a one, two left hook, right jab in the message in the sermon. So um, that's, it's, you know, th this is where we are. Right. It's, it's funny you say that, right? Because during, even during the civil rights movement, when Martin Luther King used to speak in the South specifically, even in black churches, they wouldn't have him because they were afraid yep. that KKK would come and burn down the church. Mm. Yeah. So what Martin Luther King used to do is he used to speak at Masonic lodges. Yeah. Mm. And they would have brothers of the lodge on the roof with, with sniper rifles and shotguns just in case something really jumped wow. off. Yeah. Right. So that's how, you know, Martin Luther King was able to really maneuver, maneuver through the South right, right. Um, because a lot of the churches couldn't have him, not because they didn't want to, but right. they were just afraid of the repercussions of having him there. I'm, I'm trying to picture like churches where, because I, I, I do imagine the churches in the South were super segregated, but maybe not so much in the North. Like what, what were opinions like in South Jersey, like Trump country today um, mm -hmm. about um, Jim Crow? I don't know. I really don't. Um, I imagine that there was congregations where Martin Luther King wasn't welcome, but mm -hmm. they would preach um, like a, a centrist, you know, we love everybody, all lives matter message. Um, like maybe, the equivalent, the equivalent not. of that I, in the sixties. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Cause, hard on not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, some of some of the oldest black churches are in New York and New Jersey. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? All of the the AME churches, like those are you know some of the original churches, black churches in America, and yeah. those were born out of necessity because mm. black people still could go to churches uh, up, up here and, and co-mingle with white people. So right. uh, it was more of a separate but equal situation up here versus mm. segregation. You know, right, in that right, time. Right, right, right. To me, separate but equal rhymes with all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, trying to be, you're, try, you're trying to be nice but you're still racist as hell. Yeah. it's like yeah we love you we don't hate you but do your own thing away from us yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? go, go drink your water over there yeah exactly like you have your so, old fountain so who cares what took a dump in it yeah so um Damn. <laughs> you know like i i i'm the 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 metaphors don't align as perfectly but i don't imagine i i can't imagine that a 2020 version of Martin Luther King, which I don't know who it would be, or Killer Mike, I don't know, um, would be <laughs> would be welcome at a, at a church to speak, or or at some churches. Certainly not the church that was at, because we couldn't even say Black Lives Matter out loud, you know. Um, so I I saw this as like I I refuse to be on the wrong side of history, and I and you know the people say oh you know um, what is it hindsight 2020 whatever. Um, when has it ever not been the conservatives? What, at what point in history were the conservatives right? Like, when was it? Like, I, 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 I can't imagine that 30 years from now, we're going to look back and say, look at all these disgusting people, you know, um, uh, protesting Black Lives Matter. And little <laughs> did they know that they were wrong about the things they were saying. Mm -hmm. um, the way that we see people holding up fences in front of the the, the anti-segregation or the, the pro-segregation people. It's like, look at these disgusting protests saying, keep black people out of our school, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I did, I did, I refuse to look back and say like, I can't be part of, of this. Like this, this can't be 
what you know the first half of my life looks like that I have to explain to my kids. And whenever I'd have conversations with this, it was always with people in part of this little inner circle thing. Um, and I saw like a lot of opposition to that. There was a lot of like, you know, um, Jesus was a more welcoming person than you're being and you're alienating people with your beliefs and this and that, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, Jesus is not, is not a political person. You know, Jesus was above all of that. And I, to a certain extent, I agree. He is above that. But he interfaced with, with leadership. Jesus had opinions. You know, he had stances on things. And it got him killed. <laughs> you know, like, right. it's right. <clears throat> standing up for what you believe to be true can't be something that a Christian is is not allowed to do. Right. So um, uh, near the end of 2020, this is August, some girl that I knew from like high school posted something and I'm, I'm gonna find it right now. I'm just gonna, she posted, um, and I'm gonna read it out loud. Um, what is privilege? Question mark, dot, dot, dot. Privilege, and let me know when it gets racist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tune in next time for the continuation of this episode of not the best podcast.